So I went to the drive-thru at McDonald's in Galveston last week, okay? And I got... They, they didn't get my order right twice. Twi- I'm, not, I'm not talking once. I'm talking about two times I had to go out, get out of my truck, go back into McDonald's and say, this is not what I ordered. I ordered a number eight, a McGriddle, a hash brown, and a Coke, okay? Yeah. Very simple mathematics here, okay? You hit the picture on the machine, you give me that, okay? The first time I got, what's that big, like, sausage, I mean, the, the steak on a bagel thing? I have no fucking clue. Like they got like I'm they not give, a McDonald's like they give half like a you. fucking they give half a fucking cow on, on on a bagel. Okay, okay, half of a cow on a bagel, and and then like they shove cheese down the cow's throat at the same time. This sounds delicious. And, so and far. It, it weighs like ten pounds, and I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to eat this in the morning. This is disgusting. I want a, a sausage McGrill. It's very small. Hang on. It's disgusting. Give me the processed pancakes with the syrup in the middle of it on top of some sort of dead pig. Because it's small and it looks like a hockey puck and it you eat it, it really also weighs four pounds. No, it not not like the damn bagel McCow thing. Okay. Anyway, so the first time they give me that, the second time they don't like I I, I go in and they give me they give me like it's like a chicken biscuit, no hash brown. A chicken biscuit, and she's like and I walk out and look at it, and I'm like, you fuck, he fucked it up again. So I walk in this third time, and I'm like, this is not my number eight. And the manager came over, found my order, which was sitting over there. And she didn't even say she was sorry. She just hands me the order, and I walk out. Perfect. No. Sounds like a McDeal to me. No. Sounds like a Mc 10 minutes late to work. Because these big assholes. Because want you wanted your process. Well, because they're in the hug. fucking bathroom Snapchatting, fucking taking nude pictures of each other. What the fuck are you talking? Put it about, on Bill? Gone Wild, you know, and then like, oh, give me twelve bucks an hour. Like, fuck you, get my order right, and I'll fucking fight for you. You're right because somewhere something failed you, and you didn't get your sandwich in time. Uh, that isn't that America. No, it's that's not a, America. That's, that's the exact definition of America. How I didn't get I didn't get my fucking breakfast sandwich. So why are you getting twelve bucks an hour? No, that is a definition of a dumb American. No, well, that's going, fine. Who's going to McDonald's? <laughs> no, to that's get not. Oh, food I guarantee. Fucking I morning. guarantee you. I guarantee you. You you would if that happened to you, you'd be like, fuck all of them. And I'd eaten the first thing, like the have the the. I don't want chicken fried steak ban- sandwich. Then. I didn't want the fucking Mc. <laughs> I want my McGriddle. The McCattle. I didn't want the McCattle. I wanted a fucking two tiny pancakes with a piece of sausage in the middle and a hash brown. That's all I wanted. I, I don't I don't I still don't understand your your fucking argument. What though. what's the fucking argument? I did not get what I wanted three times. Your shit could have happened to anybody. My McDonald's story is slightly different. Oh, is it? Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different. Did you know that they don't have a fucking dollar menu anymore? Uh, yeah, I know all too well. And if they do, uh, I didn't fucking see it, but I did see their sale where yeah. they were offering like two dollar menu items for two fifty. It's like, bitch, I went to college. I know that a dollar <laughs> plus a dollar is not two fifty. Okay, there's a fucking conspiracy going on somewhere, and I want my fifty cents back. Oh, they're they're getting ready for Trump. Oh, is that what it <laughs> yeah. is? They gotta pay their. Uh, what is it when the, when the mafia asks for their money? Oh, their protection money. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay their protection money here pretty yeah. soon. So. It's going to be a great protection. It's going to be great. We're going to protect all of you. We're going to build a wall around your McDonald's. I guarantee you it's going to be a great wall. Oh, boy. I'm so not looking forward to the Trump regime. 
Which I fear is coming sooner than later. Do you really feel like that? Yeah. It's not yeah, happening, Bill. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't want to argue politics here, but... I don't either, but you were in a cynical mood this morning. <laughs> no, I'm so not. So I see where your fears are coming from. My fear is a man with a hairpiece will run our country. Oh, no, it's totally <laughs> rear. I, he, he guarantees it. <laughs> Hello! Oh, God damn it. Welcome to another exciting audio adventure in the world we call Longbox Small Talk. I am your host, Bill Kurtner. Next to me is my favorite Clinton supporter, Rod the Bod Heron. How you doing, buddy? I'm a Bernie guy, man. No, no, no. This Today you're, you support Clinton. No. No. Clinton, no. or you're out of the show. <laughs> no, I'd rather I'd rather not. You're, all, you're either all you're pro cankles or you're out. What the fuck does that even mean? It's <laughs> the old joke that Hillary Clinton has cankles. I'm sure there's a lot of old jokes that, about Hillary Clinton that you could have said that were more relevant than cankles. No, that was it. Remember the '90s when she wanted to jail black people? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. She, what are you well, talking about? A lot of people did it back in the '90s. They were they jumped on this whole anti-crime thing where they punished people a lot harder than they needed to. That's when like I, mandatory I think minimums everybody's came against up. Crime. Yeah, but there, there's crime and there's crime and then there's punishment that is that doesn't fit the crime and in the 90s they passed a lot of shit i mean i'll educate you bill if you oh, want to be educated God. here we go but you don't have a, the face of long, a man who long looks box boring talk over here i want to so, talk I, I, hang on real quick because i, I want to point something out we're mementoing this episode so we did the guest already we knocked that we out des- early we had our dessert first and now we're going to eat spaghetti yeah and then we had a story and now we're going into the episode. I'm sure editing it'll it'll be a little bit different. Well, guess who gets to do that? <laughs> I'm fine with it. I like editing. You get to edit today. There's something I don't know. Something very personal about editing. Yeah, I just noticed that my time on the show gets a lot shorter. Yeah, it's because you're less funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Bill, from a production. So, so aside from fast food mishaps and your your uh, political idealism, what's been going on, buddy? Nothing. Yeah. What about you, man? <laughs> uh, not a whole hell of a lot. Um, I did read some stuff this week, and I know you did too. Uh, you Me were- read? I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> we both read Poe Dameron number one, the uh, Star Wars comic from Marvel. What did you think, man? Do you want to go right into comics? Let's go ahead and talk comics. Because I mean, we're ignoring the big uh, elephant in the room right now. Well, we'll get. We're gonna. It's called a segue. Oh fuck! So we're gonna segue from comics into movie into back into comics. Look, do you do you want order or do you want a good show? A good show has order, Bill. No, it doesn't. A good show, a good show is chaos, like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. He wasn't chaotic. He was. It's all he preached was chaos theory. I understand that, but his character just wasn't like chaos theory and just running around. Actually, shit. actually, it was. Some of it was. Yeah. Go back and rewatch it, asshole. Some, some of it was. You're right. Thank you. But a lot of it wasn't, Bill. Yeah. But yeah, we'll fucking talk about your Poe Dameron then. Well, I, I asked you your opinion first. It's a book. Go ahead and it's tell yours. I, it was fun. It's uh, it, it, Poe Dameron number one takes place right before the beginning of uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, General Princess Leia sends Poe Dameron on a secret mission to find the guy that he meets in the beginning of Force Awakens. Yes. I don't remember his name. It's a Jedi name. It's got three syllables. Who cares? He's yeah, an explorer. You know, Dim Daxo or Sung Young Cock or whatever. Anyway, 
Um, some young <laughs> cock. I don't know if that was something planned or that was just a natural faux That's pas that natural, came out. Natural, right off the top of my head. I figured it would be. <laughs> anyway, now I'm kind of worried about my my podcasting partner here. <laughs> really? A little this bit. This is the guy that basically the other week said, "Yeah, I'll fuck guys." Yeah, who fucking cares? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, but sh- a I, shock I'm, to me for I'm 40 so, weeks sitting next to you. I'm more so worried about the young part. Like, how young? I was I was trying to make an Asian reference. No, you're trying to make an Asian joke. Yes. And now I'm asking you to explain it. So how young are these some young cocks? Uh, look, I- I- everything is young to me, okay? That is totally true. Moving on. <laughs> I don't have to say anything else. That's an old joke that he pinned on himself, so yeah, we'll just move along go. from there. Anyway, so Poe is left to uh, grab his uh, ragtag battalion of people. Black Squadron. The Black Squadron. Uh, That's which, so badass. Which is odd, because he's the only one with the black X-Wing. Yeah, who cares? I mean... That one guy's got a black beard, the guy from Heroes. Yeah, Greg Grunberg. Who, who they mention, he and one of the other guys actually fought in the original Battle of Jakku, which was 29 years before. Yeah. So they're a little bit older. Yeah, the Heroes guy was just like, I was like 16 during that. Yeah. So, I don't give a Still shit. fucking old, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really old, man. You were an alias. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Anyway, um, it's it's not a very action-packed book until the very end. Uh, it does it does sh- expand more on on Poe's personality that was shown, what little we got to see in The Force Awakens, it expands upon that, that he is kind of, he's brash, and he's a leader, and he's also a positive guy, which I really like. I, I love seeing that quality in a character. He's an upbeat guy, and he, he really cares about the people he's with. Um, so he's like the anti-Bill. I, you know, I'm a very positive person. I just joke cynically. Oh, okay. Yeah, so shut Well, up. it's depressing me. Fuck so. off. Anyway. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was my favorite. I think, hopefully, as the series goes, it'll escalate a little bit more in the action. We get to see a little bit more. Um, you know that what was it? The Shattered Empire was it the was it the series before um, the Force Awakens came out? It came out about a year ago, and it was a really well drawn series. It actually introduced you to Poe's parents. Oh, really? Yeah. Who I must have missed that one. Yeah, it's really really good series. His mother is a pilot, and his dad is a fighter in the Rebellion. And they meet and fall in love, and at the end of it, uh, they tell Luke, hey, look, we're going to settle down on Yavin 4 after they defeat the Empire. And he said, that's what the universe needs, is more good parents. And he's like, have fun. And then they have Poe, and then the Force Awakens happens. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I kind of agree with you. The, the book itself was, oh, it was okay. It was a great first yeah. issue. Uh, and but the exciting thing here is the potential. Yeah, like, I want to see more of the Force Awakens world. I want to yes. explain more about how the First Order came about, and I want to ex- that. That's interesting in the book how they talk about the size of the First Order. It's mm-hmm. Poe Poe references the size of the First Order as not being that big. No, that kind of what you see in the film is it. You know, for the most part. So that's very interesting. But Leia's like, no, they're growing. You need to, you know, I've been around the block once or twice fighting these things. It's bigger than you think. It um, always is, though. It always <laughs> fucking is. Uh, is that a penis joke? It could be. Uh, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I call it a penis joke, will you stop going, uh, Oh, God. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's like an elephant seal trying to get your attention. <laughs> so you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. Um, 
and, and I'm excited to see more of Black Squadron because you know we saw a few of them die at the end. of... Spoiler alert: We only saw one random pilot die. Yeah, the alien looking. Hello, nasty. The guy named after the Beastie Boys album. Oh, look at you. Well, because Abrams is a Beastie Boys fan. Yeah, I know. There's lots of musical. And he uh, couldn't. He couldn't e- put eggs. It's not Star Trek. You can't put a Beastie Boys song in Star Wars. Oh, you can. Although it would have made the prequels much better. <laughs> you could do anything and made the prequels better. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I, were we talking about this on the show? But that kids of a certain age really love those movies. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, but it's. I mean, it's a point of reference because kids look at them now and they're like, they look at the original trilogy and like that looks old. Mm-hmm. That's old movies. Yeah, we want boring. Matrix, we want Matrix looking movies, <laughs> CGI and leather. This is where Jar Jar runs at the hotel lobby. <laughs> so we, we're talking about episode one now a little bit, and there was a comic that came out this week uh-huh. that, to me, reminded me a lot of episode one. What was that? Uh, that was going to be Black Panther number one. Ooh, can you actually say that in this climate? What, Black You're Panther number Black one? Black Panther number one? Yeah, I think I can. You better watch out. Black Panther number one was boring. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it, people. <laughs> so what's so weird is, though... I've read Black Panther number one, and to me, like I was saying, it reminds me a lot of episode one. There's lots of, like, political intrigue <laughs> and, like, politics, and, like, I don't really give a shit about any of that. Sure. I want to sh- see fucking Black Panther punch somebody in the goddamn face. Did you read, I think it was about 10 or 12 years ago, the series that John Romita Jr. drew? That, oh, that one? Yeah. Um, it's the one that features Claw, and, the, and that there there's a group of people... Uh, it was a Marvel Knights comic, and and there are there are parties coming into uh, Wakanda to steal the vibranium. Yeah, and uh, that story seems very familiar. Well, it was the but isn't that what Claw does all the time? Yeah, but it was the basis. I mean, it was the motion comic that was on Netflix for a while. Mm. I don't know if you watched it. My kids loved that. Um, that was a great Black Panther story. It showed like the origin of like. How the Black Panther becomes the Black Panther, how they inherit it from the, the either the it's the father or grandfather that's the previous Panther, yeah. and and how how also the monarchy works, and how the society is built in Wakanda. Yeah, and that's what this comic was all about. It was all about Wakanda and society, and 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 I don't care about any of that. Oh, see, I like that. I may have to check it out because I, I like all that shit. Well, I mean, apparently it was really popular because even after printing over a hundred—I'm sorry, three hundred thousand copies—they still sold out, and a second printing was ordered. Yeah, yeah, which is just crazy. Like when I went to my local comic book shop, they had a like three stacks of them on the wall. Yeah, like insane numbers, and they're still ordering a, a, a second uh, printing. Yeah. Eh, that's just crazy to me. I think they're. Especially for a book that, in my eyes, was so that so. that could be a lot of hype though, because in two, I think it was in two months you have winter uh, not winners uh, Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. and he is a prominent figure in the book, and they're going to spin him off in his own films. Yep, something tells me that is a hype machine starting for that. So I that, completely agree. So so to build that character up, uh, but also another one that sold out this week that was brand new was Empress, which I know nothing about. Yeah, I, I skipped it. I saw I it on the wall. I was like, "Eh, I got. I'm going to check it out, see what it's about." But I also knew that sold out at the same time. I'm like, "Well, who the hell is this? And are they getting a TV show?" You know, I, I don't know anything about it. Me either. But I know that they had a. I think it was a hundred thousand copies. Yeah, which to me is still a really crazy high number for a new. See, but that doesn't sound like a lot for a comic book. I feel like it is. Well, because I, you know, if I remember correctly, I think they they printed, you know. 
I want to say they printed a million of Spawn number one. Well, that was Spawn number one. You know, when it came out back in the day. I don't that know. Was, that was nineties McFarland. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was on top of his fucking game. Yeah. So you like these baseballs, huh? Yeah. Oh, I made a character. Hey, Those hey, baseballs hey, out hey. of his asshole. Hey, I'm Tom McFarland. Hey. I made an action figure. Hey. 40 bucks. You like Spider-Man? You like Batman? I got Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you're saying it like a Bostonian. <laughs> fucking Spawn. It's fucking Spawn. All right. So what else did you read this week? Dude, I actually... This was a heavy week for me, yeah. comic-wise. Oh, okay. I like, thought, thought you had issues or something. No. 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 Didn't talk about it when lay on the couch? No. I don't need to lay on the couch again. <laughs> the casting couch? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so what'd you read? So, um, I also picked up uh, Black Widow number two. Is this something you've been reading? No. Have you been following Black Widow? No. Is that a character you even give a shit about? No. Yeah, you know what? Me neither, usually. But I actually read Black Widow number one. I borrowed it from someone, and then I went out and bought it because I wanted my own copy. Yeah. Black Widow number one was action-packed. It was literally the, the, the... most action-packed scene in the Matrix, but as a first issue. Hmm. That's it's everything that I wanted Black Panther to be. Huh? I wanted action upon action, and I didn't get any of it from Black Panther. But Black Widow was there to, uh, you know, bring me out of my funk. Get your action up. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the in the second issue, it's a, a little bit slower, but it's still action-packed. Yeah. She's basically at a graveyard for someone who's died. Usually, um, that's why you go there. Well, she's not there for that person. She's there protecting uh, others there. Oh, okay. So she takes out like this covert assassin squad that was sent out by this guy called the Weeping Lion, which we don't really know anything about him yet. Um, I'm going to guess he may cry. No, I think he just really likes lions. Why didn't they call him the Crying Lion? Because <laughs> they're just not as creative as the you cry- are, Bill. Yeah, the Weeping Lion's bullshit. The crying- Mar- Marvel was just like, what should we name him? The Weeping Lion, it Why sounds... Why didn't they ask you? It sounds so philosophical. You know, if they wanted to make a real, real gangster figure, the crying Lion. Dude, he wears like a giant overcoat. He looks like fucking Macklemore, okay? Oh, even better, the crying Lion. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was a great issue. That's the episode name, by the way, the crying, the crying Lion. lion. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with that. But uh, it was a great issue, though. Uh, I read that one. Uh, Old Man Logan? Have you been staying up with that one? No. I don't know what the fuck you read, Bill. I re- I re- I'm i rereading uh, Valiant Comics right now. Okay, you're still on that? Yeah, I reread uh, uh, Solar, Man of the Atom, Alpha, Omega, Zero. Man, just saying their titles made me want to fall asleep. Oh, it's a beautiful comic. It's I'm beautiful. sure. I'm sure. I Just just Valiant, to me, it, I don't know, man. That's like picking up the uh, the store brand macaroni when you really wanted to get craft you, dude you need to read bloodshot the first bloodshot trade you will change your mind listen motherfucker i will read whatever you put in my hands oh i'll put some in your hands all right oh gross <laughs> old man look at number four uh this issue is really badass simply because captain america uh and he's still old at this point in in old man uh logan yeah they don't really know each other and don't really trust each other because you know at this point wolverine is dead yeah they're the real wolverine but Captain America shows old man Logan Wolverine covered in adamantium. Oh, wow. It's badass. So he's like, he explains to him, like, bro, you're, you're fucking dead. Like, this isn't your, your universe. So you can stop trying to go after people that killed your family in the old man Logan story. Yeah. Because you're fucking dead. This is totally different than what happened previously. And it was really, really cool. Um, so old man Logan is now not really have a purpose. 
at the end of uh, issue, er, at the end of issue four. Would you say it's no country for old man Logan? Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I, I, that joke, it, the sadness just that the, joke came. Was, it was good enough. The sadness yeah. glazed over your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking too easy, I guess. All right, last comic that I read this week that I was really pumped about, Vision number six. I want to read that. Dude, the Vision it. series has been kicking ass. I, first of all, I love the guy that's writing it, and I, I'm so excited uh, that um, that he's doing uh, the Batman series. I, I like him. Do, do you need to Google who he is real quick? Uh, no, I think his name's Tom King. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. We're also not the best at remembering people's names. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't set your watch to this this podcast. No, you know? we have been wrong once or twice. Uh, <laughs> once or twice in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're wrong quite often. So the last time, how did how, how was Bizarro in, uh, <laughs> in Superman versus or Batman versus? Yeah, well, no, that was off of rumors off the internet. Okay, we were, you know, we, hey, look, you saw the movie. Are you surprised he didn't show up? Dude, I'm just saying, I, I I kept this from you, but a guy on Twitter was just like, what the fuck is Bill talking about? Bizarro. He never said Bizarro was going to be in this. They, no, there there were there were people on the set that said there was something that was filmed that had to do with Bizarro. So basically, Bill was tricked by the internet. Well, hey, look, we've been tricked by the internet before. I not just, I. I just report the rumors, okay? <laughs> I am not... I'm not your bastion of light, but we look, got, we got no responsibility towards look, the truth. You all saw the movie, all right? Would it have surprised you had Bizarro actually shown up and been like, "Me, I'm Superman, worst enemy"? It, it probably would have made the movie better, honestly. Actually, <laughs> it might have. But um, speaking of Batman v Superman, did you hear this rumor? I'm going to definitely say that oh, it's a rumor st- right now. You step on the rumor landmine, then you yeah, that's why well, I'm, I'm going to clearly say it's a rumor. So the rumor that. Since they haven't made one billion yet on the movie, they're going to re-release it when the Blu-ray comes out as a three-hour-long R-rated version. So the movie that no one wants to see right now at two and a half, yeah, they're going to put out an R-rated version at three when the DVD comes out and go, here you go, come yep. to the movies. Hey, you can spend seventy dollars coming out here to watch this, or you can spend twenty at your home. I don't, I don't disagree. It's kind of a dumb idea if, if that is their plan, but yeah. it is guaranteed to get them that one billion, which is what they want ultimately. See, but I don't think it will because if oh, you, you don't think so, if, no, no. If you put out an alternate cut of the film, it the money goes to the alternate cut. It doesn't go to the the original theatrical release. Who the fuck cares? They don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Warner Brother wants to make one billion. They still made money. Of course they did. I don't know why. I, I don't mean, know how much money because I mean, they spent so much look, in fucking marketing. Warner Brothers is not Disney. You can't go printing your own money now. Okay, Disney owns the world pretty much in in film. And if they if they don't own it already, they're looking to buy it. Yeah. Hey, and hey, let's be honest. We welcome our Disney overlords. Come take us over. You want me to talk about the mouse every week? Hi, all right, Mickey. <laughs> For the right sponsorship level, we'll we'll talk about the mouse. Hey, every we'll week. whore ourselves out. This yeah. will become long, long ear small talk. For, you know, <laughs> nothing but Disney twenty four seven. What do you think about Ray being yeah, the new fucking Disney love princess? It. Fucking love it. She's great. She's not a princess. Yeah, awesome. Fucking. I like Daisy Duck. Daisy Duck. <laughs> yeah, you know, Donald's girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. I have kids. Talking movies. Talking Star Wars. The giant elephant in the room this week. Thursday, they dropped right in our laps. The Rogue Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars story teaser trailer. Quick question: 
How many times did you openly orgasm into your underwear? I've seen it seven times, and I think uh, six. Six Run, out of seven. Needed more liquid that seventh time, huh? Yeah, you dehydrated. You got it. You got to stay hydrated. I understand. Um, f- I, I got to first off say it looks incredible, uh, I, and I'm going to go on record again saying I love the movie Monsters and I love the movie Godzilla 2014, uh, both done by the, this director. The guy is a good director. Uh, the exciting thing is to see a non a non-Skywalker-based Star Wars film mm-hmm. for the first time ever in 40 years. We're getting a Star Wars film in, in six months that has no attachment to the Jedi, no attachment to Luke Skywalker. There will be, I mean, obviously, I believe Darth Vader's in it a little bit, but it's not as, you know, Luke, I'm your father. It's as the Emperor's right-hand man, mm-hmm. got to take care of business. Now, you said this is the first non-Skywalker movie in how long? 40 years. 40. Did you not see the Ewok movies? Again, this is the first non-Skywalker film in 40 years. No one counts those pieces of shit. Uh, Third grade Rodney loved those movies. Uh, Third grade Rodney needs to go to a therapist because those, I mean, those are about as bad as Trump getting elected. All right. Are they better or worse than the Christmas special? (sighs) Better. Okay. The Christmas special. At least we agree on that. The Christmas special is, I mean, I get tired of the people that say, oh, man, they need to put it on Blu-ray. Okay, first of all, the two minutes of Those people have never seen it. The two minutes of animated footage with Boba Fett is great. It's on the Star Wars Blu-ray. It's hidden. The rest of it, you don't want to see. It is horrid. It will ruin your love for Star Wars. It'll ruin it. It'll ruin life. It's bad. Yeah. Anyway. But back- also, if you're a Star Wars fan and haven't seen it, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to watch it at least once so you can talk about how bad it is. Yeah, watch it with your kids and explain why drugs are bad. <laughs> anyway. Um, Rogue One. All right. We, we open with our new a new female character who is a thief. And uh, I think uh, her name is Jen. Jen. Okay. I think so. Yeah. J-Y-N, I, not G-I-N. First of all, first of all look. I don't understand the argument about... I don't either. I'm internet, glad you brought that up. The internet going batshit crazy about another female character. Like, okay, first of all, I, I, maybe I'm just... Maybe as I'm getting older, like, I'm, I'm more accepting of things. But I don't care. I think it looks great. Yeah. I mean, what... Okay. All right. How many movies do we have of sweaty, kind of mid-20 guys running around? Or now these fucking... Now they go in younger. Now it's like... You don't even get like young Chris Evans. You get like these little fucking nineteen-year-old guys in like the Maze Runner. It's like oh, it's preteen guys coming out running around. Oh, got to save the girl. Blah blah blah. How many of those movies have we seen? We've seen about a bajillion. Okay, roughly a bajillion. You know, thin white guys with with abs that save the world. Yeah. Okay. Eh. Now we're gonna have a woman with an abs. Why can't Why abs. can't we have a attractive younger woman? You know that kicks some major ass because I liked Ray. I didn't. I think as an actress, she needs to get a little more time in. But I'll be honest with you. I, I, honestly, though, after watching The Force Awakens four times, I think she does a really good job. She does an amazing job. I, I mean, she really she grew on me. I still like John Boyega a lot. I, I and I love Poe too. I don't think that they cast a single person wrong. No, I in I, The Force Awakens. I, I think that is. The key to that that new trilogy is some great casting, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't wait to see it. Anyway, but we're in Rogue One in the trailer. We're introduced to Jen, a a a assassin that has been, I guess, intercepted from 
the Empire being captured, and the Rebels have got her, and they're going to assign her the task of stealing the Death Star plans to give to the Rebels right at the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah. So this is... This isn't this isn't just a prequel of New Hope. This is like a couple weeks before a couple weeks before New Hope happens. Like I imagine the beginning of this the end of this movie is the beginning of a New Hope. You're going to I can't wait. Like I can't wait at all. Did you I, see did you see the Death Star dish being Oh my installed? god, was that uh, I mean, I get chills thinking about it now, dude. My dude, chills got chills. Dude. The fucking scene, they're running on the beach and all of a sudden you look up and it's like four ad-ads mm-hmm. on a beach. Yep. That'd be awesome. Take an ad at to Galveston. I'm just happy there's not going to be a fucking <laughs> snow planet in this one. Oh, me too. You know, it's like, I, this should get old real fast. It really does. It's like a uh, desert planet, snow planet, desert planet, snow planet. Yeah. There's there's more than two fucking temperatures. <laughs> Disney. Got, okay, there's, there's got to be more climate zones. I mean, we saw the water planet in, in the universe. We saw we saw Camino, the water planet, yeah. and that was boring. Yeah. Like, well, oh. okay, all right. Yeah. We'll talk episode two later. Okay, <laughs> episode two. Yeah, it was okay. It had good parts. So this is a heist film. That is what excites me. That's why I think I liked Animal. I mean, uh, Animal Ant Man so much. Ant Man was a heist film. This is a heist film. Those are always fun because you got to get to know the characters and they got you got to figure out how you're going to get there. Also, Forrest Whitaker's in this, which is great. You know, we don't know to what extent he's playing someone. Um, the bad guy, like, I couldn't even tell the fuck that was. That was awesome looking, though. Yeah. Just standing there. Some kind, kind of, of moth. Yeah, some kind of a grayish-white kind of cloak. Mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. And and he looked like more of a, a uh, strategist than... Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much so uh, about it. This is going to be good. Uh, What's up? Forrest Whitaker. I like Forrest Whitaker. You know, I'm having this real problem as I grow older and uh-huh. I'm recognizing people and things. Okay. Cameos or, or, or parts in movies like this that that spark like a a natural inclination for me to go see it. Uh, in a very roundabout way, what I'm saying is I don't want to see Forrest Whitaker's wonky eye in this movie. Aww. I'm sorry. Forrest, you're a great actor, but your eye, it's distracting, man. Like, That's cold. Like, tape that shit open. Like it's not hard to do. <laughs> really? That's yeah. what you're. I mean, the guy's like, didn't he win an Academy Award? He did. He did. Like I said, a lot of respect for the guy. Love his acting, dude. You're a great, but, you're, but your physical deformity, you know, it, you know, doesn't work for me. No, Sorry. it's just distracting. Sorry. That's all. Sorry, you know, great actor, but you know, keep, you know, see you later, sweet cheeks. Okay, I'm willing to give it a shot because the movie looks fantastic. But at the same time, whenever you have a cameo of someone that I know from other things, I got admit it does take me out of the it, movie a little. It did kind of look like he's playing uh, Lawrence Fishburne's part from the movie Predators. A little bit, yeah. Kind of crazy, like mm-hmm. I'll see you coming. Yeah, like he really <laughs> needs to like swish something around in his mouth or something. He's got he's got some dry mouth problems in the trailer. Uh. <laughs> but like that was that was my only my only critique of, of, oh, see, of the trailer. I, that was added bonus for for me, dude. That was awesome. I'm excited to see that now. Like, and, and even seeing uh, the guy from Heroes in Episode One, a part of Black Squadron. Yeah. Episode One, Episode Seven, yep. as a part of Black Squadron. Yep. That was distracting to me. I'm like, that's that guy from Heroes. But the Asian guy was the guy from Lost. The Asian guy. The Asian, the general in the in the Resistance that's there with Leia toward the end. The guy with kind of the salt and pepper hair. He's Asian. 
I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, he's from here. He's from Lost. Okay, well yeah. then I hate that too. Then no, I loved it I, because they all work. They all work with Abrams. But everybody else was an unknown. You know what I mean? Oh well, I mean, okay. when you have a cast of unknowns and then you have like one guy that I recognize from something, it well, then you sucks. got Kevin Smith doing a voice of a stormtrooper. Oh, I didn't. Even and Daniel Craig doing the other stormtrooper. But see, it was distorted. Like I couldn't even tell. I could. At once we went back and watched it. I'm like, yep, that's Daniel Craig. Did did uh, Kevin Smith's stormtrooper have like a little gut? No, but it did. It did whore its own podcast in the movie. Huh? It did whore its podcast in the movie. What are you talking about? Kevin Smith's character. He was just like, "Oh, kill him!" And by the way, watch uh, Fat Man on Batman. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're making a joke. Yeah. Ha! <laughs> Fuck you. This week. One, this week was also announced uh, that DC is br- developing a new imprint called Young Animal. Which uh, basically looks and sounds kind of like Vertigo, which uh, over the last couple of years had been slowly dismantled. Most of the the Vertigo titles, um, Swamp Thing, uh, Constantine, had all kind of come over into DC continuity. So now their editor-in-chief is none other than My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way, who is also writing the flagship title, Doom Patrol. Yes, the original Doom Patrol, which will be illustrated by Nick Darrington. Um, a couple other titles we know right now. Shade the Changing Girl. Uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Uh, and Mother Panic. It looks to be interesting. They're going to do a new kind of hip take on the Vertigo imprint. And this is just the first few titles that we've, we've been mentioned. Uh, if, you, if you're not aware, uh, Gerard Way uh, is the writer of the book um, The Umbrella Academy, which came out about five or six years ago. It's a really great book from Dark Horse. I highly recommend it. Um, he definitely has the ability to write, and I think he has the ability to write something that's a little bit off-kilter, not necessarily superhero kind of spandex stuff so i i think it's great to see this this imprint kind of reinvigorated how about you buddy well i've always been a fan of vertigo and i don't understand the reason for the name change because i thought vertigo was like solidly planted as one of the big combo companies and, and imprints i am excited about gerard way taking taking a hold of that because i'm not a fan of my chemical romance really but umbrella academy was fucking phenomenal now you're you're of the age where see I'm a My Chemical Romance fan. You aren't though. Okay, I did like uh, Black Parade. Oh, dude, you you have to love Black Parade. It is kind of like that. It's almost like Linkin Park's first album, Ooh, Hybrid no, Theory. Not, not no, not anything the same. Really? No, that's that's garbage. That's garbage waste. Hybrid Theory was perfect. No. Every song on that could yeah, been a because single. because if you listen to them side by side, every song is exactly the same. I don't give a fuck. Have you ever seen it on YouTube? No, I don't go. Go look at it on YouTube when you get nah. home. Go look at it. Nah, where they line up two Linkin Park songs, and they are the same. They are almost. They start in the same key, and they have the same timing and progressions. That's because to me, that album is one like fifty minute song. To me, that uh, you go and take a poop when that album comes on. Anyway, moving along, <laughs> Bill. But yeah, Broadway is is very talented, very, and I'm glad that he's at least using those talents still, and not just fading into obscurity. Yeah, I mean. I like his solo album was actually pretty good, um, but this I was I was wondering what he was going to do next in comics because like Umbrella Academy could easily come back and do a third series of that, but now this makes sense. 
if you're going to redevelop DC with Rebirth, it only makes sense that they're re- they're redeveloping the the Vertigo line for a newer generation. Um, so it should be interesting to see if it's anything like our old Vertigo that we grew up with. You know, kind of nudity and some subversive things here yeah. and there. Um, I used to love picking up Vertigo books. Oh god, you never knew what happened. Yeah. To it was like it was you know it was like you got porn and comics. It was like having yeah. your cake and touching your dick at the same time. Yeah, whenever I used to buy like those random packages with yeah. like three different comics in, yeah. I was always excited that there was a Virgo one. So to, I was like, I need to flip through this. You would go hide in the bathroom. Oh yeah. no, I'm reading comics. It's yeah. okay. Nope, stomach problems. Yeah. Don't come in here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take a big stack of Vertigo and just see what I can find. <laughs> There's the afternoon. Stay hydrated. <laughs> also announced this week, my God in heaven, I am so excited. God came down and graced us a couple times this week with the Rogue One trailer. Now this piece of news. Oh, God. So excited. I can't even begin to say. You're much more excited than I am. Oh, dude. That. Scott Snyder's secret project is All-Star Batman, and he's writing it. He's, his artist for this project is the best artist in the world, John Romita Jr. Um, it is continuity-based. We believe it is monthly instead of bi-monthly. And the first picture alone is just is worth you know, losing your load on. Um, again, Snyder's run has been nothing short of incredible. Uh, a couple of the last, last few issues were not the best, but he ended it very well. Um, this can only prove to be something short of badass. So I have a question. Um, I like some of the all-star stuff. All-star <laughs> Batman, uh, obviously, we haven't, uh, hasn't come out yet, so I don't know what's going on. But scroll up if you would. Okay. So he's, he's got, a, you got a picture there of Batman, and it looks to be like the, the new Batman suit with the yellow outline around his yes. emblem. Yes. What is in his hand? I it guess that's... like a back scratcher from hell. No, that looks like some kind of like hybrid Batarang... You know, but it looks like it's like three feet long. It's like he's not... And why is it glowing red? Well, also, that's perspective. It's up closer to you. You know? Slightly. But it's it's still quite large. Well, maybe it's got something to do with the story. Genius. You know, maybe I'm, you're I'm like... asking, Maybe Bill. like, oh, what's this fucking... What's this, you know, horseshoe-looking Batarang Scepter thing? And it's like, oh, guess what? It's part of the fucking story, dude. Up next, we have Justin and George from Grey Bear Comics to tell us all about Speak No Evil. Yeah, so their Kickstarter project for their first issue. It very interesting. Uh, you you funded it, and I went and funded it as well after we got done. Uh, we have to, you guys. You have to support. Now, I'm not saying all comics, but you, there's not a ton of comics being made in the Houston area as we can see. So when a project like this comes along that's very well done and it's local artists and writers, you got to go support them. Give them a couple bucks. You give them five bucks. That every little dime helps, and five bucks will get you the first digital issue. It's worth it, guys. You know, give them some more money. Let's see it happen. They got 22 days to go. I think they'll make their goal easily. I think so too. And after the break, we got our interview with the guys from Gray Bear Comics. Please interrupt your normally scheduled program to bring you the following message. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Craig from B Movies and Ebooks. And if you don't know about B Movies and Ebooks, it's basically a podcast between two lifelong friends. We cover horror movies, cult movies, and B movies on a bi weekly basis. And also, we talk about the latest genre fiction we've read. So after you get done listening to this fine episode of Longbox Small Talk, head on over to iTunes and search for B-Movies and eBooks and hit subscribe. It's easy to do, you'll be entertained, and you're going to find out about a ton of titles you never even knew existed. Yeah, you want to leave us in, Bill? Yeah, if you want to shut up. 
<laughs> yeah, man, go for <laughs> it. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> now. <laughs> Welcome back to Longbox Small Talk. I'm your host, Bill Kurtner. With me is Rodney, and today we have two guests. We have Justin and George from Gray Bear Comics, and they are here to promote their Kickstarter for their book, Speak No Evil. Guys, what's going on today? Hello. Hey, how are you? Yes. We are here. And that's about as good as you're getting. If you want it, you can you can get on my Kickstarter and pay my rewards and you get better conversation. Oh god, Bill. Oh I'm so deep sorry. Cuts Bill, is what we're going for. Bill woke up on the wrong side of the bunk bed this morning, so Yeah. Well, but how are you guys doing? Doing, doing very well. Good. How are you? That's awesome. Uh pretty good. So um I now, Justin, I, I've known you previously. I've, I've been on your podcast before, a uh, comical podcast. Yes, you came yeah. over. I think about fifteen episodes ago or so. Uh, it was issue. It was episode one hundred and one. That's all I remember because I was hoping you were saving that that precious one hundred spot for me. But that's all right. <laughs> it's okay. We had fun. It was, had, it was a really fun episode. They had big. They had big plans for one hundred. Is what it was. Yeah, yeah we well, did get our I tattoos I thought I was a part of those big plans, though. So I was a little disappointed. <laughs> it's but. odd. You're a part of no one's big plans these days. Bill. Bill. He's so mean today. I don't know oh, why. Oh. <laughs> He's on his man period or something. But, um, so, Grey Bear Comics. I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Tell me a little bit about Grey Bear Comics and where you got your, got your name, and then we'll go right into talking about Speak No Evil. Okay. Uh, well, Grey Bear Comics, it started with George. Um, it, the, two th- the two things kind of go hand in hand. Like, Speak No Evil is the first comic that Grey Bear Comics is putting out. And the reason we formed Grey Bear Comics is because George approached me with this idea and we started talking about it and decided to make it into a comic. And then, of course, we had to have a name for our production company. So um, I've always gone by Gray Matter Productions for like most of the things I've done. Mm-hmm. And George, uh, what was the original name of yours, George? Uh, the production company that I have is called Yorgi Productions. And uh, the logo is a bear. So we just kind of merged the two and decided to go with Gray Bear. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, so that shows kind of like a collaboration between your two little idea camps. Yes, pretty it much. It wasn't a clever nickname from high school. Like, hey, there's Gray Bear. <laughs> no, no, oh, but no. Uh, right. there's been a lot of jokes made about it, obviously, because, uh, <laughs> you know, Gray Bear is, is very close to Gay Bear. And some of the, we, we put a request out on Facebook for people to send us ideas for logos, and we got a lot of, like, BDSM bears. Oh, and, wow. uh, <laughs> I would go with that. Hey, just, just roll with it. Sounds good to me. The local artist, uh, James Linares, actually did design our logo, and he did a, just a fantastic job. Who, who's the creative team behind this? I know, I know, Justin, I believe you wrote it, correct? George and I wrote it together. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, We're George, co-writers. I cut you out. <laughs> no, that's totally cool. So, so who's doing the art? Uh, we have an artist from Brazil that we found. His name is Samir Samal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's incredibly talented. Yeah, I'm really, uh, he does, I'm really loving it. It was very impressive. I got to admit, he, he does facial expressions and action sequences better than just about anybody I've ever seen. Uh, Believe it or not, I had to convince Justin this <laughs> was the guy. Well, we had uh, we had about 150 people reply to our ads about becoming our artist. Now and where, we went through every. Where did you guys run an ad? I'm curious. Just where do you... uh, on Reddit, on okay. uh, digital webbing forums, on ZWall, on. Uh, comic book resources even. We just kind of plastered all over the places where people collaborate, trying to find an artist, trying to find a colorist, just to build the team. Oh, that's it's cool. the easiest, easiest place to find people. But uh, we had about 150 people respond, went through everybody. Um, we picked out three that we really liked. One of the guys was an asshole. Like, we, we asked three, those three people to do test pages for us. You know, that happens two, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
two of them were like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll do a test page. The third guy was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't do test pages. Like, either you like my stuff or you don't. Wow. And George and I were just like, wow. Oh, this guy's going to be difficult to work with, even if his art's good. So we kind of, like, pushed him aside. And then Samir applied for the job. He was, like, the last person that applied. And George was like, wow, this guy's, like, a last-minute entry, but he's really good. We should ask him to do one, too. And I said no at first because we already had three people in mind, and I didn't want to, like, ask a whole bunch of people to do art for no reason. Yeah. I didn't want to be that guy, you know? Uh, but Samir, because the other guy was a jerk, we went ahead and reached out to Samir, and luckily we did. Luckily, George pushed me into it because um, he was the best by a large, large margin. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, a large <laughs> Extremely talented, yeah. I mean, it, it, the art is incredible. Um, yes. Yeah, I have the same problem when I'm looking for musicians. I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, uh, uh, I'm not going to send you my music because I don't want you to steal it. And I said, dude, seriously, we're on Craigslist. Do you think I want your fucking songs? Or Come on. You know? <laughs> he doesn't know, man. You, you could work for Universal or somebody. Well, I mean, what he doesn't know is I'm running Bill's sweatshop for songwriters over here. <laughs> I got a bunch of kids locked in the back with guitars. So, <laughs> Little Timmy, I know you haven't eaten in four days, but I need you to play that chord again. Yeah. That sounded awesome. You make that shit a B minor, goddammit. <laughs> they come up with any hits yet? Not yet. I mean, but, you know, they're young. Give, give them yeah. time. A couple of years time. in the room. Keep it hot in the summer. We'll get a hit out of him one day. So Makes okay, yeah, you got to sweat out. You got to sweat out the goodness. Is what exactly. you got to do. I mean, I, I that words to live by. So let's talk about speak no evil. What's uh, what's the the idea behind the book? Give us the give us the the short sell, please. All right. Well, basically, it's these two teenage brothers in the 1930s, and they've survived for years by scamming people, stealing stuff. Um, they don't really have parents, as far as the audience knows at this point. Um, and unfortunately for them, they decide to steal from the wrong guy. And they're forced to go on the run. Uh, the leader of this very nefarious gang is this black man in the 1930s who leads a white gang. So you know he's a bad motherfucker. Uh, he's coming after the boys. And they make a run for it and end up hiding out in the woods. And they find this cabin in the woods and go there to try to you know, escape the cold. escape the Because it's like wintertime. And uh, of course they're not just going to sit on their hands. Because it's like a, a nice upscale kind of cabin. It's not like a run down, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead kind of cabin. Yeah. Um, so they explore the place. And of course, 10 years before the boys got there, the cabin was used for very strange experiments. HP uh, Lovecraft and Nikola Tesla collaborated to try to find a way to contact another dimension and they were too successful. So they ended up abandoning the project because they both got kind of scared and uh, the boys find what was left behind and it pretty much changes their lives forever. So uh, the story follows the boys and all the trials and tribulations they go through. It's very much a horror comedy. George and I are both comedy podcasters, so uh, we both feel qualified to write a lot of funny dialogue and whatnot, but there's a lot of horror aspects, too. Yeah. Well, like, (laughs) see, and Bill, I've told you this before, even if I'm, like, cold and starving out in the woods, I'm never going into any kind of strange cabin. That's just, that's just never a good idea. So I see where these kids' problems start. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it was an upscale cabin. It was a very upscale cabin. So it was abandoned. Woman in black than uh, than cabin in the woods or uh, one of those horror movies. Yes. (laughs) So between horror and comedy, like, what do you think the balance is? Oh Um, man! Well, most of the comedy comes from the two brothers uh, for the most part because they are fourteen and sixteen years old. So a lot of them is like adolescent and you know some dick jokes here and there and uh a lot of the horror comes from uh them opening uh the portal by accident yes 
Um, I mean, everything that Lovecraft and Tesla worked on is pretty horrific. And some of the things that come through, especially in issue two, are just monstrous and terrifying to everybody that encounters them. Um, the boys throughout it all still manage to maintain like a brotherly love kind of thing where they always have each other's back, but they also talk a lot of shit to each other and pick on each other constantly throughout both books. Um, so it's a lot of fun. So Silas and I'm sorry, what was the other kid's name? Edwin. 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 Silas and Edwin. They're, they're, they're pretty different though. Right. So can you tell us yeah, a little bit about the characters? Sure. Uh, Edwin is the the youngest one. He's fourteen. He's the short of the, he's the shorter of the two. Uh, he's also a little bit more curious and a little bit more daring, and sometimes uh, a little bit more smarter than Silas. But that's only because he asks the right questions. Right, and uh, Silas is very yeah. stubborn, very headstrong. Always assumes he's right. Um, comes up with these very elaborate plans that he expects just to work out without any real thought behind him. Um, yeah, he's he wants to be the leader when you know sometimes he's not really fit to be the leader. Right, even though he's older, he's not necessarily the one that's most qualified to lead. Yeah. So, what would you say the the main inspiration for Speak No Evil would be? Like, did, was there any uh, sources that you pulled from? Oh man! So <laughs> Justin and I are both like huge. Uh, we're we're a product of the '80s and, and early '90s. And, uh, I, when I came up with the story and I've pitched it to Justin the first time, I mean, I knew that I was drawing from materials for inspiration, such as like evil dead, ghostbusters, uh, a few other horror movies like Hellraiser. And, um, I was using that, but I wanted it to make it, I wanted to do a fun and entertaining story. And, uh, that's where, I came across this poster one day, and I saw a poster of uh, Nikola Tesla and uh, Lovecraft together. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a real story about these two in time where they were actually friends and they did something together? And I pitched that to Justin, and then before you know it, eight months later, here we are writing Speak No Evil. Yep. <laughs> yeah, George has been a, a screenwriter for most of his life. Like He's really into film. He went to school for film. Um, and you know me, I do comical podcasts. So, I mean, I've been into comics my entire life, done a lot of interviews with creators for the last three years. And um, the more people I've talked to, the more I've learned about the industry, the more I've wanted to be a part of it. So there's a little itch in, in the back of my mind about wanting to write something that I've always enjoyed as a kid. I just hadn't done it in a long time. And uh, when George approached me about doing this and possibly turning it into a comic, um, it, it excited me. And then we had a couple of meetings and fleshed everything out. And then... Uh, we've just been working really hard ever since. Like, probably. So how long has this been in the works? Well, I've had this idea in my head for at least a couple of years, um, but it has always been an idea of like me making a short film and then pitching it to make a feature film. But then, like, I more and more I wrote it, the more I realized this is never going to become a short film because I would never have the money to make it. And then I pissed it to Justin, and he eventually convinced me, like, well, why don't you do a comic book? And I was like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> that was about history, six months right? six months ago yeah yeah <laughs> so okay you guys have a kickstarter campaign going uh now i thought from the video it said you're you're trying to uh fund the first three issues is that correct well we have the first three uh, issues completely written okay right we, thank you we uh we, we plan on doing 20 issues total it's, uh, for the entire series like we have a very set beginning middle and end um and two 10 issue arcs of the story uh, we know exactly where the first 10 are supposed to go. We know what's going to happen in each issue. 
we have an outline for the first six issues. The first three, like I said, are fully written, and uh, we're just trying to get the first issue published, which is what the Kickstarter's for. Okay. Currently, you guys, your your goal is 4,800. You're currently at 2749. With 22 days to go, guys, it looks that looks really good. Yeah, we're Thank pretty you. happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do have some really cool like rewards uh, for anybody who pledges, and I they have my nothing but gratitude. But we also were thinking about some extended goals. So if we get to go past the forty eight hundred, we're starting to work on some ideas of what we could do to give people who pledge. <laughs> yeah, the the first one is probably going to be access to a blooper video. Uh, George and I spent about three hours recording. The video, that, the, the video, the three-minute video <laughs> yeah. that you guys have up there. So there was a lot of mess ups and a lot of really funny stuff that happened. And George has cut them all together, and it's pretty hysterical to watch. So uh, we think the first stretch goal reward is probably going to be that. Nice, nice. Now and then uh, some also like some stickers and stuff is what we're also thinking about as well. I I had a question. I was curious. Is this going to be strictly just a digital comic, or are you or are you going to go hard copy with this? No, we're doing physical oh, we, prints. Okay, yeah. yeah, we want prints. Uh, the reason we wanted to, to we we're doing the Kickstarter is we can have it published and printed by June because we're kind of hoping to have something to show uh, for the Comic Palooza convention here in Houston in June, and that's the main reason why we're trying to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Well, so far it looks great. I mean, uh, I'm you. I'm excited to see the the finished product itself. Uh, that is now. Once again, that's uh, your Kickstarter is uh, Speak No Evil issue number one by Gray Bear Comics, G R A Y Bear Comics. Uh, yeah, and actually, you can get to it directly if you just go to our website, which is graybearcomics.com. It'll take you straight to the Kickstarter. We're uh, really excited about this comic book. Uh, it's It's been a really fun time writing it. Uh, I really enjoy writing with Justin. He's like the best writing partner anyone could ask for. And, George, uh, George, you don't, you don't, a- George, don't lie. It's okay. He's gone. I'm, just, just be honest. Oh no, I'm I'm not lying. I, I would never lie about this. <laughs> yeah, I, and I can say the same nice things about George. Like uh, he's fantastic to work with. Like I have a tendency to get stuck inside my own head or focus too much on a specific detail that I want to label correctly and describe correctly to the artist. So I'll spend way too much time trying to fix like one panel, and George will be the guy that just keeps me moving on. He'll be the guy that throws ideas out there, and then I take the idea and kind of shift it a little bit and make it fit what we're trying to do. Like I'm, I'm not such a great idea guy, but I'm really good at translating other people's ideas to paper. So uh, George is very much the idea guy behind the book, and I'm really the dialogue guy and the guy that makes it descriptive enough that the artist can understand what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, I will say that it's, it's really inspiring to see two people who like each other actually make something, as opposed to my situation where I have to work with Bill. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm sh- I'm sure you guys deep down really love each other. Nope. No, no, nope. not really. No, oh, okay. it's a. Massive, I tried. Hey, I, I tried. It's Hate Fest 2016. Over we're, here. we're like those two guys from MythBusters. No, <laughs> we're, we're like the old Muppets. <laughs> yeah, we're the old the men in the balcony. <laughs> they really don't like each other, but they hate everyone else worse. That makes sense. My favorite, yeah, that does make my sense. favorite thing with those two is the uh, Weezer video they did, and at the end he said, they're not half bad. Nope, they're all bad. I did go ahead and actually back this Kickstarter. I don't back a lot of Kickstarters, but I really believe in this in this comic, and I, and I want to see it come to, to life. So We appreciate thank it, Ronnie. Yeah, thank you very much. Of course. Anytime. 
Once again, their Kickstarter is Speak No Evil, issue number one, Gray Bear Comics. You can go to their website, graybearcomics.com. Go straight to their Kickstarter page. Support our local comic book artists and writers. Let's see a project happen out of Houston, Texas. It's always great to support local talent. Guys, I can't thank you enough. Thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for having us. us. All right, man. You guys have a good weekend. Our upcoming events in the near future, May 27th through 29th, Rod the Bot and I will be at Space City Comic Con at the NRG Center, hanging out with our wangs out, introducing you to all the awesome things that are going on up there. Uh, We might meet some celebrities. And if not, we don't care. No, want to meet some regular folk. Me there, me. I'm going for the fans. I'm going like, for the for the for the for the regular kind of people, the <laughs> the cosplayers and the and the guys that kind of they got a sweat stain on their shirt after walking for eight minutes. That'll be you, Bill. Hey, hey, watch it. You know, I'm, we're in the same boat here, sweet cheeks. I'm, right? I'm just you ain't winning no beauty pageants either. Right? <laughs> uh, the NRG Center, Space City Comic Con, May 27th through 29th. We may have a live date here pretty soon. Not 100% Ooh. on it yet. I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. Just this second. <clears throat> Are you going to tell me? No. Okay. No. Just <laughs> no, tell me I'm, where to be Because I'm hoping you don't show up to it. That's why. <laughs> um, as soon as it's solidified, we'll let you know. We'll let you guys know. And it uh, it should be a lot of fun. Be our first live Long box small talk. I'm it's looking, gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, Rod, hit us with the social media. Woo, social media, social media. So, if you want to find out more about what we're doing or where we're going, uh, you can go to Facebook.com/slash/LongboxSmallTalk. Throw us a like there. You can go on Twitter, and we are at LongboxSmall, or our Instagram, where you can see amazing pictures of mainly me uh, at LongboxSmallTalk. <laughs> you floppy-haired bastard! It's mainly me, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a bunch of pictures of this bearded beauty. Oh. For Long Box Small Talk, I'm Rodney. I'm Bill. We'll see you next issue. Bye! Keep it nerdy. That's it this week. Oh, we're done. Yeah, we got got our opening about McDonald's, we got this part, and then we got the interview with the Gray Bear guys. you just heard is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.